Hello Hackers, my name is Dominic Norton and I'm the podcast host of Hackathon Entertainment, the show where we bring you the story behind every hack. For those new to the show or hackathons in general, a hackathon is a collaborative 48-hour event where participants called hackers come together to solve the world's toughest problems. You'll be surprised, excited and amazed with the solutions people are developing all across the globe. If you listened to the show before, you'll be excited to know we're in for another great one. This week, I caught up with the organizers of Hack the Bra, the inaugural hackathon hosted by the University of Edinburgh. The event brings together students across the UK and beyond to develop their skills in a collaborative environment. I hope you enjoy the episode. Hagdabara has been going on for um, quite a few years now in, in Edinburgh Uni, um, and I'm a kind of like first year student at Edinburgh, so um, I study computer science and maths, and I, I've kind of sort of like heard about hackathons before and these kind of like weird things <laughs> that people tend to do um, in the kind of computing world, and I, I, I've never really been to one. Um, so to be honest, I was kind of like intimidated and I thought I don't particularly want to do it just to sort of like jump jump right in at the, at the deep end. So I kind of thought to get some background, why don't I be on the organizing committee? Um, so I, I signed up and I was the social media and like marketing manager for Hack the Bar. Um, so that was basically my role in the team. Uh, I was in charge of all of our socials. Uh, I was in charge of promoting the event and kind of documenting it. Um, so I kind of documenting it before, after, and during as well. And um, uh, a good place... So, to, sorry. No, sorry. A good place maybe to start would be what is the mission for the hackathon that uh, University of Edinburgh hosts? Um, <clears throat> gosh, to be honest, um, I'm not... I'm not <laughs> I, I mean, I think we are just like a, a, a kind of general... A sort yeah. of general university hackathon, um, and we we sort of share similar missions and similar goals to really any any other hackathon. It's kind of inclusivity, so um, to kind of allow anyone with uh, really any experience, I guess, in computing to come together and build something great. Um, we also try and sort of bring together people from all around the world. So we offer um, we offer kind of like um, small like uh, like travel visas and, and and things like that to sort of encourage. Uh, people come from all over to our, to our hackathon um, and I guess just as well to sort of create a really sort of fun um, intense but not too intense but just really like productive environment that allows people to, to kind of make the best things that they can do but also have fun while they're doing it and meet lots of people. So. And especially in your social media efforts well can you talk us a little can you talk us through a little bit about maybe some challenges you were having, some really exciting things? Was it hard to really mobilise and gain momentum before the hackathon? Yeah, so um, prior to the hackathon, we had a kind of a Twitter account, um, but we had some issues this year specifically with um, a previous committee who kind of half-heartedly started to organise Hack the Borough um, VI or Hack the Borough 6, which was the one that we did. Um, but 
long story short, it didn't work out. So it meant we, we, we kind of started from not a particularly great position. Um, I made a new Instagram and I made a um, Facebook page and Facebook event. So kind of gaining traction on those was quite difficult. And um, I think a lot of it was kind of verbal and just me talking to everyone that I could just saying, look, like, how the bar is happening, like, like our pages, um, sign up and everything like that. Um, so obviously I, I can't speak for everyone, but certainly from the promoting um, that the hackathon side, like it was, it was quite tricky to get um, to sort of get new people in. Um, I think as I kind of as I kind of felt before, people are quite intimidated by hackathons. They seem quite strange, and a lot of my peers are in first year, so they sort of felt the same way that I did about them. Um, and I think it's just sort of about like clearing everything up and sort of. And explaining that hackathons are these like fun things, and they're, they have only got to be in, intense and scary if you want them to. You know, you, you can go and you can you can go with really no no prior experience. So that was basically the message I was trying to convey to bring as many people in as I could. And why do you believe there's this kind of idea that hackathons are scary places to be? Um. Well, kind of. I think that the the fact that um most or I mean like in, in my in my experience I think the fact that most are 24 hours is, is quite daunting um I think people think that you're going to go and it's going to be like crazy crazy intense and everyone's going to be there on the computer the whole time you're going to stay up all night you know like red little coffee monster all this caffeine and everyone's quite going to be unfriendly and hostile and everything like that um and also like I think people have never people have no prior experience like there are there's kind of quite um, there are there are many things to compare hackathons to. I think. I mean, perhaps I'm wrong, but um, in, in terms of a kind of a kind of 24 hour, like non-stop challenge. I mean, things like that don't really happen very often, you know. So I think people just don't don't really know what to expect. And during the hackathon, how do you? What were your insights on on like the the buzz around the hackathon? Was it a great environment that did a lot of people stick around and stay stay for the whole time uh, were there you spoke about some challenges getting people did people really open up over time and find out oh actually this is really fun this is a great place to be i i, I actually want this longer than 24 hours <laughs> i think so well i mean like perhaps not not longer than 24 hours because everyone was shattered by the end of it, as you yeah. can imagine. Um, you know, kind of like two, two hours sleep was the average probably. Um, but no, like, I mean, I think almost everything like in life is like this. Like it kind of seems really scary before, but actually when you get to it, the um, it, it, it's always never as bad as you think. So like the um, environment in Hack the Bar was amazing. Um, there were kind of, as I mentioned before, people there from like all over the world. Um, everybody was kind of enthusiastic and um, really, really helpful as well. You know, there were kind of teams that were helping each other out and sort of collaborating and bouncing ideas off of each other and everything like that. And just, um, it's just because everyone was there with a kind of common purpose. So and it just meant that everyone was so friendly, you know, like, I mean, I, I, I was kind of organizing, so maybe I can't speak from the position of the people that were actually taking part, but um you just kind of go up to anyone and talk to them and they'd be really friendly and talk back to you and you could kind of discuss just like so many things. Um, so I think the whole kind of stereotype of a computer science students and people that attend hackathons are being really antisocial and really um, like hardcore hackers, you know, like really isn't true or at least certainly the, the competitors in Hack the Bar are working that at all. So. And maybe the, and and this is, this is kind of why I do the podcast and the blog and a lot of the media around hackathons because 
maybe the media have uh, pitched a certain idea of computer science students and people that might be a little bit more technical and technical events that it's only for technical people. And maybe that's mm. actually not entirely true. I actually be- believe it's not true at all. But maybe we have told certain stories that have uh, propelled a certain image of like the landscape within computer science and hackathons. And what was yeah, the... Yeah, perhaps. I mean, sorry. No, sorry. Please, sorry. Please go on. Um, I, I, I think there are there are certainly some kind of like negative things that do surround hackathons and um, uh, not not kind of stereotypes like sort of obvious things that you can't escape like for example like staying up all night on caffeine isn't isn't healthy to do regularly but I think the whole point of hackathons is they are like they are sort of one off like special events and I think people gain so much from them and they're kind of like completely sort of nullifies all of the negative, like not health things, because that sounds a bit extreme, but, um, you know, like I kind of, people that go to hackathons don't stay up every single night on coffee, you know what I mean? So I think everything that's gained from things like this just completely outweighs everything that's, all of the negative aspects that perhaps the media does portray or generally portray. And one, and we, we're going to slightly go back. So we've, we've, we spoke a little bit about before event, during event, we're going to go back a little bit and speaking about discovery of hackathons cuz and you was you spoke about word of mouth one question i do get a lot is people don't really know where to discover hackathons and would you have any recommendations do do people have to join the networks like i don't know facebook groups or do they have to go to meetups where would you suggest people discover hackathons if they're interested yeah, so um, certainly there's a, there's an organisation um, I'm sure has probably come up for in the UK or I think maybe in, in Europe called MLH. It's major and um, MLH is a really great site. Um, you can kind of filter hackathons by different aspects, you know, country or length or whatever. Um, and that's basically just all of the hackathons that are that are like occurring under the sort of MLH blanket and I really haven't got a great deal of experience but pretty much every single hackathon that I've ever heard of was under MLH so like I think they pretty much um they pretty much cover all of them um so I'd say that was also a website I haven't actually visited before but we had some representative representatives at Hack the Borough it's um just hackathon.uk um I think they have a good amount of information about where to find hackathons in the UK as well and after the hackathon, if someone, let's say students, entered your hackathon and they were really interested in learning more, how how do you suggest people take what they learned from hackathons and really expand upon that? Um, I think um, kind of there. I mean, there are there are just like so many resources online. Um, I'm I'm a kind of like first year computer science student, so I'm probably not the expert in this. But um, I think just just sort of like checking around Google, you know, like because there's so many different websites that have different like coding challenges, hacking challenges. Kind of talking to your peers if you if you're lucky enough to to kind of have uh, peers that also are interested in, in hackathons and in kind of coding things. Like that. They'll probably have lots of lots of projects and things that they've tried. And 
also like I think just sort of generally just attending more hackathons I guess um just uh, to be honest like the more the more coding you do the more experience you have uh, the better you're going to become I guess yeah and do you do you feel and I I'm I'm not sure how relevant or even different this question would be but from hosting a hackathon in London and hosting a hackathon in Edinburgh I know you're a part of a university but do you feel there's a different in talent pool do you feel there's an equal distribution of talent did you did you struggle to uh, and like I said you're at a university so you're probably not going to struggle for talent but did you uh what what were your your observations on like the region and was it harder to get partners was it easier to get partners because of the region you're in um to be honest I'm probably not the most proud to answer that because um I haven't got a lot to compare it to um but kind of addressing the like talent but we had we had we had so many um applications we have to just to turn away like so so many people that were really really good um so there there definitely was was kind of no issue whatsoever in being able to select people that we thought were going to be able to actually produce good projects and that were enthusiastic and everything like that um what, what was the second part of your question sorry it, it's more like it's more else. like regional and what and you said you do, you don't really have anything to compare it to but i i was definitely interested in the regional differences so i attend a lot of hackathons in london but i definitely and i've attended outside the uk but i haven't attended hackathons in different parts of the uk and i'm personally def, definitely interested in are there regional differences are there uh, what are the similarities if there are similarities what are the challenges that are different because of regions? But like you said, it's it's hard for you to weigh that up because... Hard to, uh, yeah, I haven't been kind of elsewhere. Um, I mean, I think I've probably got like a sort of rough idea in my head of, of the kind of the kind of diversity that you would find at a London hackathon. And um, in my head, kind of what I imagine is quite comparable to what we had at Edinburgh. Um, I think we're kind of fortunate in Edinburgh University to be recognised as quite uh, a good university, particularly for informatics and computing. And Hack the Bar has been going on for a few years, a few years now, so it has definitely developed a reputation. Um, so I think people like it is definitely quite a sort of attractive hackathon for people to come to. And I think because of that, um, we have yes, like we have like a lot of students from Edinburgh and from uh, Glasgow, which is a, which is nearby. Um, but we have a lot. We had a lot from Spain. We had some from France, uh, and then we had tons from just sort of all over England, really. Um, so I think certainly um, the diversity and the the kind of enthusiasm was still there for people to come, even though it might be a little bit harder to get you than somewhere like London. And that's that's interesting. So I I do travel for hackathons, but thinking about people that are maybe newer to hackathons and didn't even know traveling for hackathons was a thing how would you recommend people go about it so for example if someone's in if there's someone listening in spain and they want to go to your hackathon do they reach out and see if there you do travel reimbursements or what what's the what what is a great process for them at least at least in your experience as a host yeah so um we we kind of um, made it quite clear from the start that we were going to offer some travel reimbursement. And as you can imagine, we did get quite a few messages sort of asking for more specifics and just sort of clarifying that. Um, 
and we were able to answer that um we were able to answer pretty, pretty much all questions so like to be honest i think just just really like reaching out to the organizers is quite important if you if you're kind of like weighing up a few different hackathons in a few different cities and you want to think which one is most financially feasible like um the organizers are, are always going to be happy to to respond and to answer any questions you have um I think often as well, MLH, uh, Major League Hacking will perhaps post um, like travel reimbursement details as well. So um, their, their site's probably quite good to get like a big sort of list of the different hackathons and sort of weigh them out for things like travel reimbursements or which city they're in or how far it is and things like that. So, but like I think generally just just reach out to the organizers on Facebook or via email. That's probably the best. And usually the organizers are these. Uh, the people organizing the hackathons are not like big corporations. These are people that are really like me and you. I just messaged you on Facebook, and within a day or two, you messaged me straight back. And these are the type of people hosting hackathons, right? Exactly. Yeah. So, like, I mean, I I wasn't paid to be the to be the kind of um, in charge of like socials and stuff for Hack the Bar. So, like, I I I'm I'm volunteering, I guess, but like, it doesn't really feel like that. But what. What that means is I, I am enthusiastic and like I, 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 I'm like choosing to do this, you know, like it isn't some like boring job that I have. Um, and particularly for the university ones, like we are, we are your peers, like kind of 100%. So there really is no reason to be scared. Um, and like worst case scenario, you might not get a response. And that's probably a sign that you don't want to go to the hackathon anyway. So <laughs> just choose a new one, you know, yeah. we are, we are all friendly. And uh, this is, you, you touched on an inter- interesting point a little bit earlier about selection so i'm i'm not sure if everybody's aware probably everybody's not aware obviously a lot of hackathons especially if they're more popular the spaces run out quickly and sometimes organizers kind of try and filter and select based on application so can you just lightly touch on how that works yeah, so certainly for our hackathon, um, we basically had um, a, a window that we advertised from the start um, when applications were going to open and when applications were going to close. Um, and we just kind of accepted as many applications as, as we could during that time. And then after closing applications, um, there was two main questions, at least for our process. Uh, all of the organizers basically um, went through every single application. And as a group, we we just decided on the can on the, the um Applicants that we thought were going to make the best projects and we're going to show them the most enthusiasm and just were generally going to be the best candidates that we could for Hyperborough. And that was all done as a big team together. <clears throat> and that is not to discourage people from attending or even applying. It's just the hackathons that are more popular. They have a lot of, um, a lot of people that want to attend and it's, and you, you said the people that produce the press projects, but these are not necessarily the best people, right? These are people that might complement each other really well, whether it's different regions or whether it's different backgrounds or there's a number of variables that can suggest what pro- project... Will 100%, be. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and like, um, just to, to kind of like, like clarify, so like... Um, the best project is really only sort of like one factor. So like where we were a hundred percent not looking for the people that um, had the best GitHub accounts, you know, like it wasn't, it wasn't just based on experience and it, and it wasn't based on just who's going to code the best thing. Um, obviously like um, I could kind of relate because I'm, I'm first year, as I kind of like mentioned a few times, so like I really haven't got a lot, like a sort of great deal of projects behind me, but um, we, we just sort of like um, considered people's age um, and sort of considered the experience that they would possibly be able to have and just, 
looked at their motivations for coming and everything like that. And what would you suggest for people that are interested in attending hackathons? And it is, it's a broad question. Uh, but basically, I want, to, I want to try and encourage people to just to step out their box a little bit. But from an organizer standpoint, especially from the standpoint you are in your career and the transition over the last year or a couple years, what hurdles have you had to overcome and how did you overcome them to really get out of your comfort zone? I think to be honest, just just like kind of just kind of going for everything um, with something like a hackathon. Um, if you just apply and you you might not get in and like that really doesn't matter you know um like no one's gonna know if you didn't apply so like even if you're sort of considering it and you're not really too sure you might as well just go for it and then if you get in then that's brilliant and that kind of shows you that we want you to be there we want you to be in the hackathon so that might convince you um but like i think obviously like i mean i'm no expert on, on this at all but i think just going for everything everything you can do is just um is is kind of how how i do everything and how i've, I've kind of like done everything up to now because like worst worst case scenario, you you won't get in, and if you do get in, you can always say no. So just apply to everything you can, pretty much. Apply to. And going into next year, I know it's still really early, especially now when we don't know what's going to happen next month. But how do you guys start preparing? Do you start preparing for a year in advance, six months in advance? What's the what does the timeline look like for an organizer? Yeah, so um, Hack the Borough, um, the organizing committee just um, changes every every single year. Um, so I'm not entirely sure exactly how it works because there are some people that were in the organizing committee last year that were also in this year. Um, but I applied in really early, in about maybe October time. Um, and then things, things really started picking off in about January, February. And our hackathon was in... Was, no, yeah, so things started kicking off, let's say, in maybe like December, January properly. And then our hackathon was the very end of February. It was February 29th to March 1st. So, um, the organizing committee was like way, way, way in advance. Um, but I think certain roles, for example, like fundraising um, and kind of like sponsorships, they, they'd have had way more work at the start and less at the end. Whereas from my perspective, I didn't have a lot of work to do at the start. But as we got closer to the event, I had progressively more and more and more to do. Um, so it was kind of our rough time skills. And I'm sorry, my my mind just slowly, slowly went blank because you you really started to make me think about the committees and the changeovers and and this is not something participants think about, right? So when we attend hackathons, we think we'll see Hack the Borough or we see another hackathon and we think, oh, it's the same all the time but these are volunteers working and these are people just enthusiastic and you know you might change universities next year and you might be working at a whole another hackathon and it's different because of that and for participants what would you suggest that makes a good hackathon oh goodness uh, and, and this is this is your opinion it's, it's not there's no rules it's just that what, what do you believe makes a good hackathon yeah, well, like, I mean, I could, I could certainly kind of like uh, touch on the things about Hack the Borough and yeah. I've, um, sorry, uh, Hack the Borough that like I, I think went well and certainly people seem to enjoy. So like, uh, I think kind of 
if you're able to, like doing a hackathon in a new place is always really exciting. Um, so obviously that isn't the most accessible for everyone, but um, we certainly had a lot of people that had never been to Edinburgh or even, even Scotland's most support. Um, and I think they they kind of like really enjoyed being able to see the city and kind of learn about where they were like simultaneously while also attending a hackathon they wanted to do anyway. And so I think if possible, like the location is, is, is quite important. Um, and I think also um, like reputation and size as well. So since Hack the Bar has been going on for quite a few a few years now, um, it is really good that we we have kind of support behind us and we managed to get quite a lot of funding and we kind of have learned from our mistakes in the past and everything. So um, I think looking at a hackathon that's, that's quite well grounded is, is quite important as well. Um, and what, what else went, went really well at Hack the Bar? Um, I don't know, like, I feel like with a lot of these things, it's quite tricky in advance um, because you can't, you kind of look at an event and you never, you never really know, like, how, how it's sort of like fully gonna, gonna play out until you're actually there. So I suppose just sort of speaking to people, like, if you, if you, if you know someone that's been to a hackathon that you're thinking about going to before, then like message them and ask them, how was it? Like, was it, was it worth your time going? Yeah. Um, and also kind of maybe looking at like photos and stuff from previous years as well, because I think they can often be quite, reflective of um, how much fun everyone was having and the sort of scale of the hackathon. So, so you I think just sort of comparing it to previous years is basically what I'm going for. So you <clears> would <throat> suggest that, for example, if I go on your Instagram or Hack the Bros Instagram and I see people commenting, maybe just shoot them a DM and I'll say, oh, you're, I've, I'm thinking about going to this hackathon. I saw that you commented and said you had so much fun. Can I talk to you a little bit about it? That's... Would you say that's fair to say that's that's a reasonable plan? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, because like I mean, as I kind of touched on before, like the worst thing that can happen is that person can just not respond, which is completely in their right, and that's fine. And then you can try someone else. Um, but I think with everything, like the best way to get an impression of how good something is is to talk to people that have like experienced it firsthand. So yeah, that's a good show. And going forward, what do you do? You see. Hackathons playing a big part in society or really now I'm seeing lots of different things popping up. I'm seeing hackathons, makeathons, datathons, really these kind of marathon, quote unquote marathon kind of events where people are solving problems. As we become more socially aware about the problems, do you think these structures are going to occur more and more? I mean, like, I think so. Yeah. I mean, I mean, like I'm, it's, it is kind of like hard to say, obviously, but um, I think some of the things that are made at hackathons are really, really brilliant. And, and when you have the opportunity to engage in a project so intensely, like I think the, the outcome can be really, really good. Um, I know that in, um, obviously with the current uh, coronavirus um, pandemic that's going on, there was a, a kind of international online hackathon that was organized for that. Um, and I didn't really follow it so well. And but I can imagine that some of the projects that were made there actually had like real world benefits and wouldn't have been made if this organized event hadn't happened. Um, so I think as more and more people see the benefits and see things that have been created as a result of hackathons, they'll be kind of more widely accepted and more widely um, like encouraged. So I think so. I hope so, certainly. Because they are great. And what do you have any personal views on, like you spoke about some of the stuff that's made out of it. And I know, you know, you're a student and you're a volunteer organizer. And 
what are your views on people continuing projects? Have you tried to do any projects yourself and experienced difficulties that you, maybe you can kind of give people a heads up on how difficult it is or easy it is to really undergo projects? Yeah, well, I mean, I haven't got a great deal of experience because I am my only first year and I kind of didn't do a, a lot of computer of computing and of, of software um, before university. Um, but like, I think kind of with all of these these things, um, the, the more complex you choose to make a project, the harder it's going to be. Um, and you're you're the one that can control that. But um, I think there's just so many like amazing resources on the internet, um, like friends and stuff too. So like when I, when I like work, run into any issues when I'm working on a project, which is very, very often, you know, you'll kind of first consult the internet and then, oh, there's a market and go back to it and then maybe reach out to a friend and then, you know, kind of they, they could have a look on the internet or they could they could give, give their own opinion. So um, I think there are just so many different resources that are out there that it's, it, it is easier than it ever has been to, to make something yourself and to, to kind of troubleshoot any issues you, you do have. And I want to kind of wrap this up by asking is there any advice you would give mentors judges organizers or participants about hackathons or really these type of events if we're not constricting it to hackathons because you never know um hack the bra might turn into a one of the many types of fonts there are yeah everything's on yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, like, to be honest, I think, I think just kind of like, just sort of going for it is, is the most kind of like general advice that I could give. Um, like, I mean, this time last year, or like this time two years ago, I would, I would like never have thought that I'd be organizing a hackathon or I'd be, you know, like even involved in one. Um, but like the fact that I did it was brilliant. And I, I kind of like recommend anyone to do the same. Like, um, if you're thinking about, um, taking part one yourself or mentoring or, even like sponsoring one like i think just kind of like giving everything a shot and and being open to new things is is the kind of general like boring advice the true advice that that i could give i suppose yeah developers 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 Developers, developers, developers.